we have done so much and people don't realize. Why is it going? Because people do not honor what our ancestors did. And the food goes along with all of that. You know, I think it's more important now than ever for us to be very prideful about where we've come from and continue to uh, struggle because we're not out of the struggle. And I say, but we always been here. You know, we're always here. You're listening to the Beaver County History Podcast, a production of the Social Voice Project. Hello. Today we will be showing you the correct way to clean chitlins. Now the chitlins, they can be cooked in a crock pot or a big boiler on the stove, whatever you choose. Mm, just look at that dish. Those red bell peppers and those onions are just sitting so right. And my mouth is watering as I look at it. Mm, mm, mm. You know what? If no one's going to talk about soul food or the African-American experience here, I'm going to do it. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Soul food is a coined term that brilliantly captures the humanity and heroic effort of African-Americans to overcome centuries of oppression and create a cuisine that deliciously melds the foods and cooking techniques of West Africa, Western Europe, and the Americas. Soul food is a staple of African-American culture. It's not just an African-American tradition, it's a way of life with deep roots in the South that has spread all across our great nation. Dishes like fried chicken, catfish, oxtails, macaroni and cheese, collard greens, waffles, grits, yams, banana pudding, and cornbread, these dishes celebrate a heritage of culinary genius, community building, and resourcefulness. What makes the food good? I told them, I put my foot in it. And they thought I was joking. <laughs> Welcome to the Beaver County History Podcast. We are here again at the historic Merrick Art Gallery in New Brighton. We're doing a series of recordings here. And we have two significant representatives of Beaver County's African-American community. We have Karen Florence of Trails Ministries of Beaver Falls. And we also have Florence Cuspard-Lott, who is a longtime mental health professional and resident of Bridgewater. And we are here today to talk about the African-American experience in Beaver County, as well as, and this is very fitting, because... We will have in the county our History Celebration Weekend, and the theme is food. So we hope to get into that wonderful topic of Black heritage food that we call soul food. Right? Is that right, Karen? That's correct. That's the way to say that? <laughs> okay. Soul food. We call it slave food. Oh, I don't We had had a conversation a couple years ago along these lines because the Underground Railroad and the significant rich history in Beaver County, yet why don't we get a lot of people coming to look at the history that's here in Beaver County? And I remember we had a conversation about it, and it started with, do we even have any historical associations in Beaver County? And you reflected to me. You were saying we don't have social clubs as they do, but we used to have the Elks. We used to have the Masons. They both had buildings that you, you know, you attended their their uh, activities. They were very well thought of. Mm-hmm. We, uh, 
people don't understand the social uh, life of uh, the African-American in my, uh, uh, when I was young, and I'm pretty old now, (laughs) was quite, uh, quite something. We always got dressed up. They had dances and uh, everything for young people. And the churches were places that young people went to, older people also. They were our gathering places. Now, that has changed. Numbers are down. They're not as viable. I think that's true. The Elks is yes, in they're gone. Beaver Falls, Midland. And the Masons no longer. That is gone because of Maybe because there were more openings for African Americans to uh, be a part of. You know, when I was younger, there were so many places you couldn't go, so you had your own. Mm-hmm. You had your own social life. You had your own activities. They weren't open. So they're more segregated. Yes, that, yes, yes. So part of maybe the history of us, we haven't yet become a part of even some of the activities going on now like the ethnic food celebration in May. Uh, you're talking about now, there may be groups from the churches that have people that are cooking soul food. We did it at one time. I'm, I'm not, I must, I must make sure that you understand, I'm not a soul food cooker. <laughs> <laughs> and w- was not brought up on soul food. But uh, we do have people that cook very good. And we'll, churches have had soul food dinners. Yes. Uh, so I believe some of these churches, you still go and you get good soul food. Oh, yeah. I've yeah, been to get, a few. Yeah, yeah. It's, Midland. <laughs> yeah, Beaver Falls. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> New Brighton used to be. <laughs> right. When I moved out of Quipper when I was young, that's when I, I found out about soul food. Mm-hmm. I didn't find soul food in Rochester. <laughs> right. That my neighbor cooked soul food, and we'd, uh, we'd have each other sample food. Hoe cake, which was corn cornbread in a skillet. I had like never... cornbread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had never seen that. I said, what is that? She said, that's hoe cake. So one day I said to her, oh, I got a good soul food food today. Come over. And it was sauerkraut. <laughs> and she said, oh, what is that? I said, sauerkraut. She said, that is not soul food. So all of the African-American persons in my day did not eat soul food. That, that was uh, something when they all, when people came to work in the mills or something, and they brought, like your, uh, the different populations, they brought their food too. Sweet potato pie, mm. uh, that wasn't known here but in Aliquippa it was, and people still now, they have like contests. Who makes the best sweet potato pie? I mean. I think when the meals started opening, there was a recruitment or a people from down south, as you mentioned. And that's where most of the slaves were from the uh, Middle Passage. When they came up here and, like you said, migrated out, they brought the food with them. And yes, so yes. Some of us, uh, like yourself, didn't grow up that way, but certainly we've learned to yes. about the fried chicken oh, and yes. the chitterlings yeah. and yeah. the uh, corn. We call it cornbread now, yeah. not <laughs> what you call it, but it's the same thing. Yes, I see soul food. It's more uh, seasoned with fat in it. Soul food, as I see it, is rich. Well, what it is or what the history says it's been, it's what 
the white plantation owners did not want. And so therefore, the Africans, Americans, Africans, they seasoned it up so it would taste better. It was what, it was scraps. Like chillings. The intestines of a pig, like who wants to eat that? I do. <laughs> but it has to be cooked and, and done in a way in which to make it flavorful. But so, like wings were thrown away of the mm-hmm. chicken. Yes, now, now they're look, popular. Now they're this popular uh, pig's feet. Uh, yes. Greens were like weeds, like turnips and uh, collards and all of those things are, I, I, I love those foods, but they're not really good for our health. And what the, what the richness is, is it's, it's our history. Yes. It's filled with fat and fried. We fry a lot of stuff like fried chicken. And Why do people identify so much with soul food? Same way the uh, Polish people identify with their food. It's part of us. It's mm-hmm. part of our heritage. It's what you know as a child. And you watch your mother or grandmother cooking. You didn't see a recipe book for a long time. Now they do have recipe because books Because they weren't permitted food. to write or yeah. read. But you didn't do it by a recipe. Just do it together. Two pinches. <laughs> That's How right. Stuff you put in and don't ask me. Just <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Just take a pinch. I think it's a. It's like any food that comes from the people, from the people's heart. You know, it's just like those pierogies, and I, 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 I don't know how they do that, but that that's from their heart. And and for our food, it's from our heart. And when you eat the food, you have to get used to the different taste. Because soul food has a different taste, don't you think? Oh, yeah, they put your foot in it. That's kind right. Of taste, right? And that's what they say. That's right. Did you put your foot in it? That's right. <laughs> or my husband used to say, oh, mama can burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they put their foot in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yes, it's, it's part of our it's part of our life, too. It's part of what we haven't lost, I think, yeah. maybe. It's, yeah. it's it, there's, there's something still left. That, that, uh, oh, yeah. Chitterlings, chitlins, I call them. Yeah, chit- not chitterlings. Yeah. I like them, but I don't eat them every day. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like something I have that I don't think too many other people want. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's true. I think we, we learned how to cook, like you said, the leftovers. And I'll tell you, the people that used to cook, there weren't restaurants. People, uh, for a lot of black women, they, we, we went out and cooked in people's homes. And there were some known people that cooked, and they were known for that. Just people putting their heart and soul in this food. And maybe we've gotten too far away from our roots like most people have, you know. We've lost a lot of that, you know. Is there a distinction between the soul food that's made at home and the soul food that you might find in a restaurant? And we have a couple of restaurants here in Beaver County. There's one in Beaver Falls and one in Ambridge. There's a catering company in Ambridge. Yes, Mm -hmm. and there's a catering company in Rochester, too. Is there a distinction between the home soul food and... The restaurant? Uh, just that I can't smell it cooking. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about smelling yeah. it. 
Yeah, there's something about sitting around, sitting, sitting it, around, yeah. cooking it and talking it. You got to talk to cook. I don't it. think there's too many people that can cook <laughs> potato salad like my mom. Now, she probably says the same thing about her mom, but yeah. there's something. Yes. I bring this up because there are friends of mine who say, oh, the pierogies that my mother made, my Polish mother made at home, were nothing like these pierogies that right. you get in any oh, restaurant. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen some in one of the books, and it didn't look nothing like the collard greens I eat. They put kale, collars, yeah. oh, they put yeah. it, they yeah. mix it all together, yeah. right? And it's all for the good. That you're eating this for a good of your system. How people didn't know about the system. They just ate the food. <laughs> yeah, right, right. We're good at chitlins, you know? <laughs> My sister had a boyfriend, and he came for Thanksgiving dinner. And he was angry because there were no chitlins. Because as I said, my mother didn't cook soul food. And he was upset because there were no chitlins. And we said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> we, I mean, was he from Aliquippa? No, Pittsburgh. Okay. He, I just said that. He put us down, though, that we, because we didn't have those chitlins. So the next year, my sister brought some. We didn't cook them. My mother didn't, still didn't cook them. I didn't like the way they smelled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't smell good, do they? They don't yeah. smell good. They're hard to clean. People have take pride in the cleaning of oh, them yes, and yes. making sure you put something in to cut the odor yes, down. And put and, the onions in, yeah. yeah. Lock your doors because you don't want nobody coming and asking you for any. I think soul <laughs> food is a way of life, and it's part of what you do. I have a friend down the street, Miss uh, Georgia. She cooks soul food. That girl can cook. And it's just her whole kitchen. You go in her kitchen and you just feel like, oh my, I'm really somewhere. <laughs> and she's cooking this food, I mean. Like three or four different things yes, at a time, too. Yeah, in a big pots and stuff, she cooks. As I said, it, uh, to me, it's a way of life and it's something that stirs you up, keeps you going. As I said, I don't know about the Polish, probably they say the same, you know? But it's something I think that's indigenous to your culture. We were talking I said something about chitlins. I said, well, you don't cook them in months where there's no R. Yeah, I heard Did you that. ever hear that? Yes, yes. And yes. I don't remember who told me that. Yes, Because yes. you don't cook them in May, June, July, no, or August. No. And I'm like, because it's too hot in probably May, June, July, August. And the part of the pig is the intestine. It would probably be something related to bacteria, I would think. I mean, and I'm just guessing. Yeah, refrigeration wasn't good in those days. What you cooked, you ate. Right. You didn't cook for a week down the road. You cooked now. And you just ate it all. Yeah, and you ate it because you didn't have that much. Now, remember, we're not talking about people of means. This is not the people of means eating. These are people that made do and made their food taste good with what they had. And, and that's the other thing. They were only given rationed what the slave owners did not want. And then they were given five pounds of either rice or cornmeal. So that they had to think of a lot of different ways to, to use that. And they did. Now they are wanting the recipes for soul food. And they cost more. You could go to the store and get, what, chitlins? And so, now you, I hear. I oh, they're expensive. I, yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah, so. They used to give them away, throw them away. Yeah, yeah. Is there such a thing as high-end, top chef-like soul food. Is there a distinction? 
I never ate high end soul food. I was going to say, what's, <laughs> Sorry, I'm what's lost. high end? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Organic uh, greens. Oh, uh, things like no. that. I couldn't think he, that. He, I, I, ham, first of all, you eat a ham hock uh, yeah. in the greens. <laughs> free so range, cage free thing. <laughs> That's not too high end, I don't think. <laughs> Somebody said, well, I can put bacon. I'm like, you got to have the whole hawk in there. Yeah, you have to have the flavor. I high end I don't know. Now the soul food restaurants now, uh who's this woman that's on T V? She's out there in Saint Louis and then went out to California. She has a high ended soul food restaurants. But I would imagine people eat there because it tastes she's good. Uh but anybody going in there could take her for a run because it, people know how to cook it, you know? It's in your soul and your heart, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Got that right. (laughs) So do you think there is a loss of this knowledge with a younger generation? Are younger generations willingly eating chitlins or collards or the fried chicken and so forth? Some of them are. My granddaughter, she and her friend cook soul food. But I think probably people aren't cooking it anyway. They're going to restaurants now. So I think that's the lost art. You're talking about the art of cooking. I think some of that has been lost just by the nature of more food available. And we, as black people, were a little bit more beyond means. As she spoke of our Mm -hmm. socioeconomic Mm -hmm. statuses have changed. I mean, there was a time in my lifetime, on Sunday, you ate at home. There was no, you weren't going nowhere. That's right. Some of that's gone. Well, I think with all ethnic groups, I think they struggle now to hold hold what's dear to them and what they'd like to have their the next generation still have. Now we're getting so mixed, you know, some the groups are mixing more. Used to be a black person only married black, you know, and now you're getting mixed uh, mixed racial groups, and I'm sure that the Polish or the Italian, I know Italians because I grew up around them, and uh, I'm sure, that I've, you know, some Italians, uh, now they have children and grandchildren of mixed uh, races, so uh, some of the cooking has, has diluted. I guess that's what we're talking about. I, I think that has me a little concerned about black children and what they're not going to get in terms of our history because some of those foundations are gone. So it's very important to me to really look at what we or what I can do to make something happen in my time and maybe have an African-American heritage organization. Beaver County, in my opinion, is very rich in African-American history with us having the Underground Railroad go through yes, right through yes, New Brighton yes, where yes, we're sitting. Yes, yes. And uh, I think that that's a prideful thing. And I know that one of the things we're going to do for our third year, the Merrick is offered to allow us to have it here. That's great. Where it yeah. needs to be. Could you explain that, What what is coming here to Merrick? It's a mobile museum, and it has lots of historical artifacts that date back in history from shackles that were actually used for slaves to uh, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, just different memorabilia that is a part of our history. 
which is rich. We are also going to have a underground railroad tour through Beaver County and focusing on New Brighton because we had yeah. five safe houses right here, one across the street, one underneath this this own Merrick Art Gallery. We have a, the one of the oldest churches in Beaver County, the African American Episcopal Church, right? It was Wayman Chapel, 1893. It has a historical landmark. People like Frederick Douglass was here in New Brighton in our church for the abolitionist movement with the Townsends, people from New Brighton. Just, I mean, that that makes me happy to, to know that. And you know, my great-grandmother brought property from Benjamin Townsend. Is that right? Yes, up on Marion Hill from Benjamin Townsend. The other thing that's interesting, we're in Merrick Art Gallery. Do you know that Mr. Brown, who was the organist at Wayman Chapel, and he was the person that maintained this building. So there's so much history that just gets lost as we struggle to even say, we're okay. <laughs> we have done so much and people don't realize. Why is it going? Because people do not realize, do not honor what our ancestors did. And the food goes along with all of that. Sure, you can't separate no. food from any other no. aspect of no. culture. Music in particular, yes. uh, we know the blues. Mm. We, we would not have rock oh, and roll without mm. the blues, without, you know, the traces back to Africa with the rhythms and, uh, you know, the phrasings of uh, songs, melodies, and so forth. Why do you think there is this absence of recognizing our heritage? Mm. I mean, we, you know, there is a mm. February. Mm. <laughs> uh, sorry. I, I think it has to be interwoven in our lo daily lives. One month makes me sad that we would just think of something. I would like parts of my life to be interwoven into every day I live. That's what I feel like some of the stuff happening right now in our culture is fears me because before we were getting sprayed by hoses, now we're getting shot by guns. You know, some of these same histories repeating itself. Uh, you know, I think it's more important now than ever for us to be very prideful about where we've come from and continue to uh, struggle because we're not out of the struggle. No, and but we have to come more together. In my lifetime, I've seen that was because you stay here and we stay over there. Segregation. Yeah, well, I think so. My, my niece used to come here from and asked me, Aunt Florency, how do you live here? How do you live here? She could tell by the looks of, on people's faces. Where was she from? She was California, but she grew up in Washington. But she just came here and said, Aunt Florency, because she could go down the street and see people, you know, there's a certain look. And my brother's in the hospital now, and I was just telling my son, I said, when I go into the hospital and not doctors and nurses, but when people start coming out and they see me coming in, it's almost like, oh, wow, you're here, you know? But things have gotten a little rougher now, I believe. Uh, but, you know, as I say, I've been around a while. You're in your 90s. Yes. So, I, as I said, uh, I'm a little different. Uh, my look at things are a little different because I am older.
and I know things have changed, so I better <laughs> I better not say anything else. Really? No, no, I'm just teasing. But well, Karen, you had mentioned in a meeting that we had uh, recently that you know your sense is that things are getting worse, that racism is appearing more and more openly now. And, you know, we could talk about those reasons, of course, but uh, but that's a phenomenon that you notice. Well, the violence, I believe the one thing uh, Florence said that it starts to me with self-hate for who I am. You know, if people are hating that they're, and I don't know if people have a knowledge of it, but the number one killer of black men are other black men. We're killing each other. We're high in every statistic, but the employment rate and the college rates, death rates, in jail rates. <laughs> what can we do to switch that around? That There's something the matter with us that we have to look at. I can't, you know, we can help people maybe on that level take a look at that piece. But then on the other hand, the the amount of violence that's going on in the world, the color of the world is changing. So, I mean, maybe when people see African-Americans in different positions and different jobs, there's something that occurs that's, that I don't know all the answers, but there's it's definitely something that's changing in our society. When we talk about what's happening with police, what's happening with each other, I never remember a day where I knew a black child killing his mother or just some of these things are just brand new to an, an old person like myself i'm not 90 yet but i'm 60 and i'm thinking that didn't happen Where, what's going on well, i wanted to give you a chance to talk about what you're doing with trails ministries because you're not just recognizing that there are problems there are issues that your community faces but you're actually doing something about it. So could you talk a little bit about Trails Ministries and the work that you're doing there? Well, we work with the least of the. I would say that I think that's our call. That's what we're supposed to do, uh, work with people that need help. We work with people coming out of prisons and jails. Those are people that a lot of people don't want anything to do with. Uh, most of them happen to be African-American. That's not the only people we deal with at Trails. I think that somebody who has been incarcerated somehow gets some of the barriers that we as African-Americans have had to address all our life, but that's what we do. So things like the Black Museum are kind of proactive activities that we're working with kids. Our goal is to try to help them feel better about themselves, do better, so that they can make better choices down the road. And uh, we have a, a youth division and an adult division. And the youth division is very important to trails because a lot of the kids we work with are at risk. They call them beyond risk. They're already doing things that we're trying to prevent them from doing, like drinking, like what other things that are out here in society. But we have an all around the year program for our kids in the summer and after school. And our goal is to expose them to things that can assist them in their decision-making and problem-solving. So the museum that's coming on July 19th and 20th that'll be here is one of those opportunities because tied to that, we're going to have a soul food kitchen. We're going to look for that lady in Bridgewater that's a soul food cooker and ask her, would you bring a couple of dishes that you 
like to cook and have them at our kitchen and be able to expose the county to that. We're doing something for two or three days around the history of, of Beaver County in hopes that we get people from our communities to start one step at a time to maybe start that bond again, that social club, that Elks, that Dr. Cephas group that right now in 2019 that I think that the kids need. And so I'd like to be a part of something like that and hand it off to these young people to start something. I'd like to do, Ms. Lambert said, she's the expert on the Underground Railroad. She said, I've been looking for someone black to do it. I'm, I'm 80 years old. She did the history of the railroad, but I think the true growth in a human being is to be able to give it to somebody, to keep it going. Oh, yes. yes the sustainability yes. of Pass it. Pass the baton. Pass it. And just for context, she is white. That's correct. She said, I am so glad somebody black has an interest in it. And I'm thinking, what? Is it me or what's happened? And I think you've explained it that I learned that there were things that were happening in a more segregated way. And maybe we haven't been able to integrate, but maybe this is a time to integrate. Well, it's a time to look at what we have now and say, let's do separate. Let's do do African-American food. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah. You can be over here. Yeah. The Polish can be here every day, but we you can, can be over here. We can be here. a part of it. Yeah. Everybody doesn't think the, the same way. This group over here may want to do that, but there's always a group on both sides. What did they say? It's good on both sides. <laughs> right, right. Good right. on both sides. I mean, but, uh, there would be, oh, I don't want to be there with the, that group. Or I guess uh, some of that, I think, is problem. We don't want to assimilate. But then a lot of times they don't want you to. And believe me, it, it's true. It's true. When you think about it, we have Martin Luther King Day. That's the day you do it, and that's it. Or do it in Black History Month, and that's it. I think we have to begin to celebrate ourselves every day. And a part of me, whether I've liked it or not, is I'm black. People might not know much else about me, but they're going to say, she's a black woman. Yeah. I don't think white people have that have to have that consciousness. No. If I walk in the store and they're looking, I'm not thinking they're looking because maybe I tore my pants. I'm thinking they're looking at me because I'm black. Yeah. That might not be it, that but that's what, what I think. That's, that's what I just said about Right. The hospital, they may not even, you know. But, but that, the consciousness yeah. we have been raised with, we think it's that way. I've lived a, a life that has been fraught with all the difficulties of racism. But then I love Beaver County. I love where I live. So in spite of all of it, you live your life, as I say, with joy and hope that somebody else will be able to glean something. And I appreciate her and what I learn from her every time I talk to her. And I just hope that uh, there's others in the community, black and white, that want to continue to learn about the richness I feel I have in my life as a person, a black person. For more Beaver County history, 
visit the Beaver County History Podcast, a production of the Social Voice Project. And she said, oh, what is that? I said, sauerkraut. She said, that is not soul food. So... <laughs>